Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. This episode is presented by my friends at Clavio. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O. Hey, when Gail King said, sure, I'll do an interview for you, I felt like it was Christmas morning. I couldn't get over it. I'm like, oh my God, now I have to really come up with great questions. She's intimidating by anyone's right in her field. She has three Emmys. She's named Time Magazine 100 Influential People. She's in the Broadcast Hall of Fame, and I have like 50 things which I won't bore you with. Uh, But uh, I think what will surprise you right here is Gail is probably the most genuine listener and talker that you'll ever hear. Uh, She has a tremendous gift of interviewing people and getting things out of them that I'll never tell anybody else. So listen in here. You're about to learn a lot. Gail King. I'm going to start with this story because I don't even know if you remember it. You know, Gail, um, the idea that you would give me the time uh, for for the interview, I can't tell you it was like me realizing today was Christmas morning. I was so excited. It was the one big thing I've been looking forward to for two weeks and I've had two exciting weeks. But what my best memory of you is, I don't know if you recall, when I first sold my real estate business, I was floundering around trying to figure out who I wanted to be when I grew up again and not knowing where to turn. And I went to your office and it was in Midtown, beautiful office, I remember. Um, And I was asking your help for the for the life of me, I can't remember what I needed your help with. But uh, you Barbara, should... I'm, I'm asking, what do you need my help for? <laughs> oh, no, I, 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 I don't remember. Your help. Barbara, what do you think I should do? Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that kind of thing. I needed something specifically yeah. that you could open a door for me. And whatever I got out of my mouth, I remember feeling embarrassed because I like to give help. I don't like to ask for help. You were so gracious that my shoulders came down and made me feel like I was at home, just at home, and I had every right to be there. And I don't think it's important that I remember what it was you did for me. Oh, my gosh, Barbara, I think you have to remember what was it. What was I don't it? remember. I I but here's what I remember more than anything. I had a taste of Gail King. I had a taste of your graciousness and how comfortable you boom, instantly oh, uh, made me. Because I was scared and went to instant comfort like I was on your lap. Oh, and, uh, thanks, thanks. You know, that you know it, it reminds me, you know what that reminds me of? And I so believe this. Mm. You know, Maya Angelou used to say all the time, people may not remember what you said, mm. they may not remember what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel. God, isn't that true? I've and I, and I, that. you know what? I've never forgotten that. I mean, that to me, I got my first lesson in that, Barbara, when I was in elementary school. Mm. I went to, I lived in Turkey. And so, there were a group of us, four girls, and one of the girls had a peg leg, and her name, I'll call her Janet. Mm. And so we used to, you know, she was a friend. We were all friends. And we used to say, Janet, peg leg, peg leg, peg leg. And she would laugh with us. She would play with us. She would make fun of her peg leg. Mm. So it never occurred to me that that was a problem. Mm. One day, her father came to school. And that was in the day where parents could just walk into the school and came to the door of the classroom. 
And he wow. said, could I speak to Gail King and name the three other little girls? Wow, scary. Yeah, and the teacher said, sure, you know, sure. He took us out in the hall and he didn't call his daughter out. It was just, you know, the three of us. It was uh, me and two other girls. He didn't call his daughter. And he knelt down, Barbara, and he looked us eye to eye. And he said, oh God, every time, every time I think about it, it so gets me. Get it. He said, I'm sure you all are very nice little girls. Wow, but smart man. When you call my daughter, when you tease Janet about her leg, peg leg, and he named the name that we called, it really hurts her feelings. Wow. And she comes home and she cries. And I'm oh going to God. ask you, would you please not do that? Wow. And, and because it never, you know, two of the girls were offended by it. I, 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 I just said, I had no idea. Mm. And I went to her later and I said, Janet, I didn't know that that hurt your feelings because she was laughing with us, you know, coping. She was laughing with us. But the way Barbara, it's it's his kindness. The way he didn't he didn't start screaming, he didn't start hollering, he didn't report us to the teacher. He got down nose to nose mm. and said, "I'm sure you all." And the way he said, "I'm sure you all are nice little girls," mm. but you know you're hurting my. Oh, I've never ever ever forgotten that. And yeah, I swore the then I would never do anything deliberately, mm -hmm. deliberately, knowingly. Mm -hmm. to hurt somebody's feelings. Do you think uh, because of that circumstance, you got right away what empathy was all about? Did well, I didn't know at the time. I didn't know that it was called empathy. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that word. I didn't yeah. know that word. I, I took know. it as, I, I took it as what he said, you know, it hurts her feelings. Mm. I did know what hurt your feelings mean. And yeah. so, you know, in my little brain as a little kid, I said, I will never do something uh, uh, intentionally. Now I'm sure I've hurt somebody unintentionally, but I will never intentionally hurt somebody's feelings. Yes. That was, that was, that was a huge life lesson to me, and I've never forgotten it. Well, it's a great credit also to the dad handling in that fashion. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. And to stick up for his kid is not unusual, but to handle it so eloquently. It's the way he, that's the mm. thing, Barbara. It's the way he handled it. Because mm. what he could have done was gone to the principal, mm. reported us to the principal, he could have come in and, you know, whacked his finger. Nah, 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 nah. He could have done that. Now, his daughter was very embarrassed. She had no, no idea her dad was going to do that. And she was very embarrassed until I, until I said, oh, my God, that's, what, what, a, what a nice dad you have or something that would come and stand up for you. you know? But at first, she was embarrassed and upset with him that he had done that. Mm -hmm. It was a life lesson for me. One thing, when I watch any of your interviews, uh, the combative ones uh, or the more calm ones, uh, the one thing I always feel, I'm just wondering if it's true, I always feel like you're not judging people at all. I want to ask if that's really the truth or do you go into the interviewing uh, interview thinking someone's guilty or wrong or right? Uh, do you form your opinion when you're there? You certainly must do research before. I know I've spent yeah, hours researching about you before today. Yeah, of uh, course, I do a lot of research. I, I do a lot. I do a lot of preparation. I do a lot of preparation for for any. Well, how do you, Gail? How do you uh, remain unbiased walking in, or or is that just part of the act? I mean, I, I sincerely watch and think she's like really open-minded here. She's delving yeah. in with us. Not like you formed an opinion. I never get yeah, your yeah, opinion yeah. in the life. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's an act. I just think that it's not my position to judge you. I mean, you've done your research. You probably have uh, 
formed an opinion, whether you choose to articulate it or not, why wouldn't you spin the interview so people see your point of view? You feel like you have an obligation not to go there. Yes, because it's not my job, but you're right when you say, I'm sure you formed an opinion. Barbara, I'm very opinionated. I bet so. <laughs> you don't seem like a pushover. Barbara, I got lots of opinions about lots of things. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But what I know is it's not my job to give you my opinion. What my job is, is to present it to you, the viewer, and let you decide. Mm -hmm. and, and, what, and, what, and I also believe any question can be asked. There's always a time, a place, and a tone. And a tone. Mm. Sometimes it's your expression. Sometimes mm. it's your inflection. Sometimes it's a way you phrase a question. Mm -hmm. But I never want anybody to feel that they can't, that they've come here and it's going to be a gotcha interview. Oh, I've yeah. seen some people who shall remain nameless who are very big on gotcha. It's more about them than oh, about the person. Much. You're right there. about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. And yes, so my thing is furthering their career. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm never ever trying to do that. I'm really just trying to give you the platform to tell your story. Mm -hmm. or to explain whatever your action is. You know, I believe any question can be asked, as I said, it just depends. You have to have the right setting. Now, if you're on satellite and the person is here, the person is there and you're here and there's a delay, maybe that's not the time to say, you know, tell us about your drug habit, you know, just yeah. throwing something out there. But especially when you're looking somebody nose to nose, eye to eye, mm. and they can see your intention, it's always, as you know, you know this, it's yeah. always about intention. And yeah. so I'm never trying to make you look bad. And mm. even if you've done something that you're ashamed about and embarrassed about, I'm still trying to give you the platform to say whatever it is. Yes. You know, the R. Kelly thing is a really good example of that. Only because, dying to ask you about that, please. Well, yeah. well only because bombshell. he had gotten vilified, as you mm. know, and, and I believe these women were telling the truth. But, oh, really? Oh, I didn't get that from the interview. I could not tell. Oh, no, I definitely believed it. But again, that's not my place. Now, we know he went from zero to 150 like that. That took me by surprise. Hot but, cues. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. It, it, I was, that really took me by surprise. And he certainly Let me tell you something. Was, when I watched that interview, I don't think I breathed for like 90 seconds as long as I could. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I knew that he was angry and the way he was hitting, I thought he would accidentally hit me. I didn't think that he was going to hit me, but I knew that's that he a was problem. Very Yeah, yeah, that, and it Barbara, that would have hurt. That would have hurt. Big man. But, but do you know the next day his people said to me, you know, he actually wants to thank you because you allowed people to see his passion and his pain. It's he true. wasn't even upset with me. Mm -hmm. He wanted people to see his passion and his pain. Mm -hmm. So you did at least get to see how he was feeling, regardless of what you thought about his actions. You did get, get to see where he's coming. You know, people said, oh, he was faking that. He definitely wasn't faking. He no, was not, no, not at all. That was not baking. You know, I have to say, I left that interview not knowing the background story. I walked into it in your interview. So I was judging it based on that as a viewer. And by the way, I couldn't imagine why you didn't stop him. When he was getting up, 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 up in the passion and going out of control, I don't think you changed a nerve on your face. You just sat there quietly. I was wondering if you were on drugs, for God's sake. What's with her? Isn't she scared? <laughs> no, no drugs. But Barbara, you know, I had watched interviews with him. I'd watched the documentary. I'd read about, been following the story for years. Mm -hmm. I'd seen past interviews. And when he gets angry, he gets up and walks away. He did almost, I remember. So, mm -hmm. I, so I thought if I stop him and say, wait, he would, he would leave. And I'm sitting there thinking, if you had seen the thought bubble, I'm sitting on, God, I got some more questions. Don't leave, don't leave. So I thought, 
if I just sit here quietly and look at look at the chair, look at him, look at the chair, look at him, look at the chair, to let him know whatever this is, I'm not going anywhere. Whatever this is. And he did, he sat back down. He did eventually. Because we edited out the part where I said, you know, Robert, I'm just trying to have a conversation with you. Oh. I'm, I'm trying to have a conversation with you. And you know, this is going to get us nowhere. Yeah. You know, so I so I, I think that he he knew that I was telling the truth about that. You know what else I think he sensed? Not just telling the truth. I think he felt you were giving him a fair shake and you were on his side. Yeah, he did. He really Is did. Is that true of all these phenomenal interviews that most of the people would let their opinion be known right up front? Do you feel like you're always on the guy's or girl's side, whoever's in your seat? Do you feel you're on their side and you're just going to let people judge for themselves? No, no, I don't, I don't really look at it as being on anybody's side. I look at it as really giving you a chance to tell your story. Like, I had a very interesting interview just very recently with FKA Twigs. She's a British singer-songwriter. She was dating Shia LaBeouf. They dated less than a year. According to her, he was extremely abusive in their relationship. Physically, emotionally, verbally, really terrible, terrible to her. And she great, gave in great detail, you know, harrowing things about, you know, don't look at men. And if you're talking to men or she was sleeping, and he would wake up and he was choking her saying, I know you're dreaming about men. Or God, she, had to do, she had to give him displays of affection throughout the day, touch his arm, say, how are you? Say, I love you. Is everything okay? Not necessarily sex, but just checking in with him. You wow. have to kiss him several times. I mean, it, it's extraordinary the thing. She, she's on the cover of Elle this month too, where she talks about where she where she talks about it in print. But we were her first television interview, and she mm -hmm. was extremely nervous. And she tells the thing about Valentine's Day that they were supposed to go on a romantic trip, and he got mad and he floored the car and said, "If you don't tell me you love me, I'm going to crash the car." You oh know, just God. just insane. And so I said. I don't know the right way to ask this, and, and maybe it's not an appropriate question. What do you think the question is I asked her, Barbara? I have After no she told me all this crazy stuff that she was going through. Um, do you love him? I said, why did you stay? The most important question. Why did you stay? And she looked at me, and she said, that's not even the right question. Whoa. And, and I'm not going to answer it. She said, I know you're asking it with love, with love, but that's not the right question. And I'm not going to answer. A better question is, why was he, why was he abusing me and choking me? That's a better question. Was she ever able to answer your question? No, but you know what, Barbara, I, in, in, when she said that, I went ding, 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 ding. I, I think, because her point is, it puts the onus on the on the victim victim oh. to explain as yes. opposed to why why isn't anyone saying to him what the I hell is it. wrong with you why are you yes. doing it yes of see, course see, i don't get that see what you just did yeah of course i'm in the habit like everybody else that's what i'm saying barbara that's wow. what i'm saying and i just thought wow you know when she said that yeah and i said it, it, it was sort of you know you're right yeah, right. definitely. And so I said to her, what is a better way to ask the question? Mm -hmm. You know, because I really want to get this right, Twigs. What is a better way to ask it? But anyway, after that exchange, when it was done, the producers were saying, I'm not going to leave that in because that, that's just not good. That's not oh, good. Wow, crazy. 
We're not going to leave that in because 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 she's saying I think that will hurt you. I think that will hurt you mm. because people then you're going to get criticized. You're going to get hammered. We can we can ask it. You know, and we we had there was other parts to the interview where we, we where we got to that that question. Mm. She said I I don't think we should leave it in that way. And I said no, absolutely leave it in. Mm. Leave it in because I want people to see. That's a real and, lesson. And, and I actually think, Barbara, I actually, I, I was very careful how I phrased it. I don't think it was disrespectful. I thought it was, a, I, I did not think it was an inappropriate question. Yeah. And certainly the way I phrased it, but what I really liked was her answer to me. Fabulous. It, that, I really that's liked her kind of reversal me. that everybody will remember. Everybody learns something. Yeah. The most so important. We left it in. And of course, I took some heat for it as I knew I would. But I thought a better, better lesson for everybody. Yes. Because even you said, and everybody said, when I went to the dentist the next day, the dentist said, the, the um, hygienist said, yeah. the hygienist said, I wanted to know why she didn't leave him. So I was glad you asked that. You know, from a woman's point of view, that's always our, well, why would you stay? I wouldn't and stay. And when you start hearing, hearing from women who have been in these situations, mm. you know that's not the fair question to put the blame on them. Yes, yes, yes. Which, which, that's what I'm saying. I love this job. Every day I'm learning, not every day, but I learned something a lot doing this job. Yeah, I could tell you have a little bit of enthusiasm in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, the people around you? For example, in that story, it's interesting that they didn't want to leave what you consider the most important piece in the interview. Is that an issue in the work that you do, that you have a producer and a team behind you that all have opinions and help you produce? that you don't get the interview sometimes delivered in the form that you want? How much control do you really have? And can you bulldoze your way to get your point of view every time? Well, no, I, I, have a, I think we all have a lot of control. I mean, and there are some people that would say, yeah, don't leave that in. We can get to that point another way. Because we did have it another way. Yeah. So it's not like we were trying to get around it. We, we ultimately had a conversation and had another bite that we could have chosen. We had another bite that we could have chosen. Um, you, you drew the line in the sand immediately when they objected, right? Oh, I said, absolutely. Even my own daughters, I was telling Kirby about it. She goes, Mama, oh no, that's not Mama, Mama. I go, nope, I'm going to leave it in. I'm going to leave it in. Mm-hmm. And because, so when you say, do we have control? Well, we have control over it because it's my face on the air. Mm. Um, so we do, and it's a very collaborative process at CBS. It's very collaborative. Mm-hmm. So I never feel that, a, I have to bulldoze or be talked into something yeah. um, that I don't want to do. Um, so we have a very good working relationship there. As I say, we're all grown-ass people. We can have a grown-ass conversation. Well, also, Gail, I think uh, you probably underestimate the power of having won their respect. You say you don't want something done, people are going to pay attention. You've won <laughs> Not always. <laughs> One detail on an interview I wanted to question you about that uh, that I've always wondered about, so I'll take advantage. When you interviewed Soho Karen, and she, in a very persnippity way, uh, shushed you. Oh, yeah, she went. And told you basically to shut up. I wanted to reach that screen and strangle her to death, but you were like, just continue. How do you do that? And are you pissed inside? Uh, Because if I had had a thought bubble over my head, you would have thought, Oh, you have no idea how bad you look right now. And so then, of course, you were getting even just by how bad she looked. You didn't have to say a word. And then, then, then I just thought, no, she didn't to myself. Mm-hmm. No, she didn't. 
And, but you know, I was very torn about that interview because I couldn't tell if she was an immature, obnoxious 22 year old. Keep in mind, she's 22. Or if she had to know better, yeah. Or if she, but she's grown enough to know better, or if she had some issues, or maybe it was a combination of the two. I wasn't. Mm. And so, you know, we, uh, it's so funny, Barbara. Kinder than I. You have a kinder eye than I have. Well, well, you know what we were going to do? We were going to look at what we had over the weekend and make a decision on whether to run it or not. Because wow. I, I was trying to decide, I was really trying to figure her out, actually. Mm -hmm. Then she got arrested. We did the interview mm -hmm. on a Wednesday. We did an interview on Thursday, Thursday. She mm -hmm. got arrested Thursday night. After our interview, she got arrested. Wow. So I get a call at 10 o'clock at night that said, we're going to run some of it. We're, gonna, we're, we're now going to run it because now she's been arrested. Now there's a case. Now, you know, so that changed everything. Mm -hmm. But I just thought, wow. I mean, I'll tell you who I really felt bad for was the lawyer who was sitting there because the lawyer was really trying to help her. Mm. He shut down the lawyer too. The lawyer, when people said, God, what kind of lawyer is that? The lawyer was actually very good. Mm -hmm. He was really trying to help her. Yeah. And I wanted to show that. We, we ran a part Friday and then we ran uh, the second part Monday. But I, I wanted people to see the lawyer was really trying to help her. You know, starting with, you know, She's sitting there with that ridiculous baseball cap that says daddy on it. Mm. Her lawyer had asked her. I mean, didn't she have a PR person or even a mom? My God. No, they had asked her to take it off and she said, you can't tell me what to wear. And I went, oh, okay. Uh. And, I, I, and I'm thinking, your lawyer is trying to help you here, you know? Mm. But you can't get upset with people. You know, I would like, you know, I thought I, thought I was going to get some good questions or something, she said. Yeah. Okay, well, fine. Here, I'm going to turn it over to you. What would you like to say? Mm, you did do that. I remember that thing. How gracious yet again. Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love. Now let's get back to the show. Um, may I ask you, uh, how do you leave those kind of disturbing interviews, particularly the combative ones? How do you leave it at work? I mean, do you, are you capable of that or do you go home and you think and rethink and rethink it? Um, I can pretty much leave it. The only thing that I take with me is when it's a um, traumatic, um, very sad story. That, that sticks with me. Like the, the, the school shooting at Newtown, you know, I, Oh anchored in Connecticut for many, many years. I did an interview yesterday with uh, Judge uh, Esther Salas, whose son, mm -hmm. you probably know the story in New Jersey, uh -huh. you know, she, she and her, her only child, her only child, which always makes it worse for me, mm -hmm. her only child, they were celebrating his 20th birthday, the doorbell rings, they're downstairs in the basement, her son is 20, runs up to answer the door, the next thing she hears are gunshots. Mm. And it's a deranged man who's coming after the judge. He's coming after the judge. Mm. 60 Minutes did a story on her on Sunday, and I just did the interview. Oh, we had her on live yesterday. Mm. And I called her after to just say, God, I just so admire you so much. And just are you okay? Now, that, that story haunted me. Wow. Because here, someone comes to your home. Those kind of things get to me. A lot of these COVID stories, Barbara, where you hear story after story of people dying alone in a oh, hospital so or just you know somebody just holding up an ipad and that's that's the last the last conversation you have is with a loved one on an ipad that you can't touch mm. i mean 
that kind of stuff gets to me. But people getting angry or people getting upset, it's easy for me to leave that. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the, it's the thing that tears at your human soul and spirit that I, that's hard to let go. Ones that are deeply sad. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What about uh, the happier side of your work? You get an interview. I don't think anybody got it except you at that point. I might be wrong on that, but Michelle Obama, Tina Turner. I mean, you seem to you seem to get the interviews that everybody wants. Do they come to you? First of all, do they come to you? Do you hustle them? How does that happen? And why do both. they use you? I'd be curious. Both. 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 You know, we have a booking team who yes. reaches out and sometimes they'll say, would you be willing to make a call? Depending on who it is, uh, either I will or I won't. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a booking team and then sometimes people come to us. Sometimes people say, you know, I'd like to talk to you because I trust you. So it, it works both ways. It works mm-hmm. both ways. But how much weighs in when they say Gail King wants to interview you? I got, I got to believe that would almost be the judgment call more than anything else on the person who's going to be interviewed. Well, I, I think that's helpful, but every network has a so-and-so wants to interview you. And so, so you know. Always. Yeah. So you're always competing for the big ones. Always. Mm-hmm. Always. How do you take it when you lose a coveted interview to a competitor? Are you very competitive by nature, like, son of a gun, I wanted that, or it's like, hey. That depends on who it is, but yeah. Definitely. Oh, you do? I'm so happy to hear that. Yes. Yes, <laughs> if it's somebody I really wanted, I'm like, oh, God, yeah. how did they get that? You yeah. know, how did I they get that? almost compete for things that I don't like. so hard. Why did they get that? Yeah. That happens, but, you know, I, I, I just know morning TV is a, uh, people have to feel they like you and that they trust you. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, you, you can look at all three shows. All, I think all three shows are strong. Everybody has their own distinct personality, but at the end yeah. of the day, they have to like you and they have to trust you. And everybody at all three shows has somebody like that, I believe. You, you obviously are naturally liked. I, I can't imagine anyone saying, I don't like that, that woman in any regard. Uh, but do you care tremendously in the profession you're in that people like you do work extra hard at being liked no i don't i used to i used to i I think it's always better to be liked than not yes but but i i i've learned barbara i think maybe i turned 40 when i realized there's going to be somebody always going to be somebody richer poor richer skinnier prettier Mm. um and that people will like and you just have to feel good about yourself in your own skin and i do and I do. And I realize I'm not going to get every interview that I want. I realize that not everybody's going to like me. What matters to me is that um, my favorite son, Kirby, and favorite daughter, Will, you know, favorite, favorite son, Will, and favorite daughter, Kirby, one's a boy, one's a girl. Um, their opinion matters to me. And then I have my own, you know, kitchen cabinet. Oprah, Oprah and I, as you know, are tight. So, yes. if, you know, if she, if she says, I don't think that's a good idea, or I don't know, that gives me pause. I don't always follow it, yes. but it does give me pause. Yes. So as long as the people that I genuinely care about, love and respect, um, their opinion matters to me. And you'd like to think that the people that you work for are also pleased with your opinion, also pleased. Uh-huh. You know, I have a, I have a, um, a cousin who's my age who has, a, who has a different kind of job and she was upset with her boss. Mm. She said to her boss, you know, well, you're just really annoying. Whoa. I, said, I said, 
I bet she was promoted. Yeah, you, you cannot, you know, what your boss says matters. Mm. It matters. Mm-hmm. And so regardless of how annoying your boss is, mm. you can't say that to your boss. You, you, you just can't. It just doesn't work like that. Mm. I wouldn't say that to my boss. You're annoying. Yeah. I think there, there's a way to express your displeasure about something without those words. So when I, the point I'm making is what my boss thinks matters to me. Mm-hmm. And I want to be perceived as someone who works hard and does a good job. Yeah. So you learn that by the time you were 40. Are you learning as a mom that your kids don't listen to you as they get older? Yeah. Are they hanging on to your words? Really, seriously, how much do they listen to you? Your own no, kids? I, 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 I'm knock on wood. I'm happy to say that I've got a great relationship with them. You know, uh, <laughs> Oprah said to me, you know, your adult children don't like to go on vacation with you. I go, mine do. <laughs> we have a great time. We go to some great places and we genuinely like spending time with each other. Yes. My favorite daughter, Kirby, just got married. So I used to say we're a tripod. And now, you know, with the addition of Kirby's husband, I now say we're a perfect square. Ah, we genuinely so nice to do that. Yes. Yeah. We genuinely, genuinely love each other, care about each other and love hanging out. So by, by the same token, I don't, I want them to be proud of me. They want me to be proud of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good back and forth. If they think that I'm disappointed about something, I know that I don't have say in that, but I know that that bothers them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it works the same way for me too. It worked. If, if I think that I've let them down, like Barbara, you're like this. I was asked to do Dancing with the Stars several no, times. No, don't do it. And they were like, mom, please don't. Yes. <laughs> listen to them. My kids said don't. And I didn't listen. I regretted it. Yeah. So I'm saying, I don't want to do, my point is, I don't want to do something that would be upsetting to them. Yes, of course. And I think they would be upset about that. Even though it looks fun, I think that would be upsetting to them. Yeah, it would be fun. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't listen to my son. And I think I embarrassed him every, in the short short stint I had before they came out, he was embarrassed. Um, Everyone knows that that, uh, you are the famous friend of Oprah and she's the famous friend of you, right? Uh Are there, I know you've met in a very early job, I believe on a network TV show that you held for what, like 13, 18 years? When I read that, I was shocked that you would stay in that job. with your friendship with Oprah, who I think you met during that time, uh, of course, it's it's almost put you on the map as almost equally famous. You're Oprah's friend. Does that yeah. ever bother you? I'm just curious. Like, I'm always the famous friend to all my friends. If somebody was more famous than me, I don't know if I'd like it. Oh, man. That doesn't bother me at all. You know why, Barbara? Because Oprah and I met in Baltimore in local news. Yes. And Both then we were there. there. I was at that station really for about a year or so before I went to a reporter training program. And then I worked in local news in Hartford, Connecticut for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. It would bother me if I thought I could do what she does. Ah. But because I don't think I can do what she does, my thing is I am so excited for everything yes. that, that happens to her. I, I confess to one jealous moment when she was on her show and she got to dance with Tina Turner. I thought that oh, yeah. was the coolest. Of course. She got to go down the steps and dance because I love dancing. I'm a terrible dancer, but I love dancing and I love music. I had one little ping of, oh God, I wish that was me. But, but I, I never, I, I've never been hung up about that or felt lesser than or have to compete because I think there's only one of her. There's mm-hmm. nobody, nobody like her. Nobody. And, and, and I made a decision, you know, a long time ago that I don't see myself 
standing in her shadow. I saw myself standing in her light. Mm. You know, in, in the beginning, when we first, when we were friends, most people only knew me as Oprah's best friend, unless you lived in Connecticut. Even in the beginning, before Oprah was famous, you were still considered Oprah's friend versus Oprah is Gail's friend. Yes, always. It's still that way. It's yeah. still that way. I'm not surprised that today, but then I'm kind of surprised to hear that when you're on equal footing, you're both young women making it to the news cycles, news business, that... that uh, well, I was on local news and she was on national. Oh, already? I yeah, see. she had a national platform mm. and I was on local news. Okay. So I would meet somebody and they'd say, hey, you're Oprah's best friend, Gail. And I said, yeah. And then I would say, are you... Or they said, oh, you're Gail. Your Oprah's friend I said, are you from Connecticut? They went, no. And, and, then, and then I realized Connecticut people knew me because yes. I anchored the news there. Yes. But outside of Connecticut, they would know me as Oprah's friend. I to see. be honest with you, I just thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, of course. Who, who don't want to be your best friend? If I go back in the early days, if I went somewhere and I was trying to get into a place, I go, Wish I had an Oprah hat or Oprah t-shirt or something. Because <laughs> I never, I never, ever want to say, you know who I am. Never, never, never. Yeah. But a couple of times I thought, God, I wish I had a t-shirt or a hat or something. But, but no, I've, I've never felt that. Never felt that. I am so proud of everything that she's done. Everything. When everybody feels like they personally know Oprah, of course, and I couldn't imagine who could be a better friend because of her skill set, her empathy, her warmth, her great advice. It's like if she's a dream friend. What does she do for you as an individual friend that is most useful? Where do you, what advice, do you go to her for advice? Yes. Go with, yes. with her for a good laugh or a drink? What is the- All of the above, of except I don't drink. You know, yeah. we're just very ordinary, and I know nobody believes that, but we do no, ordinary I stuff. It. I was married. I went to five marital counselors, Barbara. I had five counselors, marriage counseling, five wow. different ones. Wow. And nobody, nobody has given better advice than Oprah. Nobody. What was her advice? Well, Please? I mean, you know, just along the way with different things that I was yes. dealing with in the marriage. And, um, you know... <laughs> I went to one counselor and I'm lay um was I was I no, I think I was laying on the couch actually. And and then I hear this <laughs> while you're pouring your heart out. Oh god. And then I, then I go, is the doctor? And I just quietly <laughs> got my things, got my coat and my keys and crept out of the room. No way. I mean, there's yeah, that'll do a lot for your self-esteem. Oh sure. Did that boring that later they're so sorry they had had a long day, but would I please come back? Needless to say, I didn't go back. I was just so nervous. I was so embarrassed of that course. I thought, God, I'm pouring my heart out to you. And this is, this is boring you. Yes. Um, but Oprah is very solid. I mean, she, uh, you know, she's, her advice has always been very, very solid. Is yeah. she judgmental? Like you should do this? Very. <laughs> so she yeah. doesn't hesitate to tell you what she thinks. She's very soft. She's very judgmental. And if you don't follow your advice and it blows up in your face, which it has oh. a couple of times, you might hear about it. No way. Yes. Does she come to you for advice as well? Yes. Yeah. So it's a real even friendship. Yeah. That's we, we really do trust each other. We really do trust each other. And, and we both know that we have each other's back. We both mm -hmm. know that. You know, people always say, you'll like this. People always say, Gail, you should write a book. And I go, about, about what? Oh, whatever you want to write about. Oh, sure. 
anything you want to write about. And I go, well, I really don't have anything to write about. Oh, you know, you could write about friendship. <laughs> You're warming up to it, right? A, a kiss Your life has been so, you lived in Turkey, you're divorced, you have two children, raising children. Oh, but, or you could write about friendship. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and I, I always think, you know, people who have been in the inner circle, I would never write a book that would say anything damaging or negative about Oprah. No, I you don't. Know? Know. And, and, it's, and if you did, it would be a very short book. Maybe it would fit this. Because yes. the, core, the core of this girl the core of this girl has not changed. Mm -hmm. She's as genuine as you, as you think she is mm -hmm. and relatable as you think she is. You know, that said, whenever you're in the inner circle, you know stuff that nobody else does. Yeah, and you and I, I, I never think it's right when people in the inner circle write books betraying the people oh, who, have, who have given them readers. confidence. You have people that work for you that help you produce your interviews. What kind of boss are you? I, I think that I'm very collaborative. I think, um, number one, let's start with it. It always throws me when people say you're the boss, because I, I certainly don't feel that. I feel I'm very collaborative. I think it takes a lot to make me angry. Uh -huh. But if I get angry, there normally is a reason for it. It takes a lot to really upset me, because I really feel don't sweat the small stuff, and most stuff is small stuff. So it would have to be something really, truly egregious to get me upset. So I'm not someone that screams and hollers at every damn thing that happens. Or I, I like hearing other ideas. You know, I have very strong ideas myself. But if somebody can say, no, I don't think that's so good. Why don't we try? Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. I'm very open to something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So people aren't afraid to speak with you and say what they want. No, I, I would be surprised to hear that someone is afraid to tell me something. I can't imagine that either, honestly. Yeah. Um, I wanted to return to Charlie Rose for a moment. It's, I'm sure you're tired of talking about it, but the way you handle that friendship, he was a, your part, he was, you were close partners and friends, which says a yes. lot. He was a big part of my life, Barbara, for seven years. Yeah. Do you yeah. think it was fair to judge him and not just him, but so many people now judge them by today's standards on something they did years ago? What's your own feeling on that? I, I wrestle with that. What I wrestle with is painting everybody with the same brush. Mm -hmm. I'm more concerned about that. You know, not everybody falls into the category of Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. And then we have on the other side, Al Franken, or you have Aziz Ansari. Aziz Ansari was also caught up in Me Too. And I, I just happen to think, from my point of view, reading what I read, that that was a bad date. That was a bad date. She didn't have a good time. I didn't see him in the same category as other people. But he was so, thrown into that basket with everybody else. Well, right? everybody's thrown into that basket. And I think we're, we're, we're starting to really take a look at that. We're you think so, to, really? I think so. I we think so. I mean, can, cancel culture is, very, is alive and well. Yes. And I think sometimes, I said the other day on TV, maybe, it's, maybe we shouldn't always call it cancel culture. Some things should be canceled. I get that. Mm -hmm. But it, it could also be called accountability culture. I think wow, people better. should be held accountable for their actions. That's mm -hmm. what I think. And I think that that it, it goes from one extreme. Yes, it goes it from one extreme to the other. And mm -hmm. that, that's what I wrestle with. That's what I wrestle with. But there's so many careers that have been shot, they're never coming back. Or from where well, I sit, I... No, they're not. 
You don't think that's going to change as people soften their gaze in any way? I mean, it seems so, it seems like a tough verdict. I think the people that have been canceled will probably not get their career back. No, I don't think that. But I do think going forward, I think people are just trying to think, well, wait, let's really take a look at this. What is this really? Mm. What was, what exactly was said? What exactly happened? Yes. In the beginning, people were just off with his head. Gotta go. Gotta go. But But I think that, I'd, I'd like to think that people are really thinking about it. On the other hand, you know, I get frustrated with men saying, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I, I just, uh, you know, I, I'm afraid to be alone with a woman in a meeting. And, and as you know, quite often, quite often, you, you don't get promoted in groups. You don't. It, it comes to one-on-one interaction. The boss sees you. Uh, they get to see something of you. And yes. so when I call bullshit on men, I'm not sure what to do. And I say this, if it's not something you would do in front of your wife or your daughter, or you don't want your wife or daughter to know, then don't do it. And that's not really hard to figure out what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. We really know what's appropriate and inappropriate behavior. We really do. Yes, we do. We we all know what that looks like and what that is. Yeah. If you're talking about it, thinking about it, you know, it's not the right thing, right? Yes. Yes. I wanted to switch if I could to um, fake news, which people so commonly accept now. I think because of the last administration, how damaging, or maybe it hasn't been damaging, but to my view it has, how damaging that has that been as an accepted term that's believed on the part of most American people now? Does that hurt your credibility? Well, it's been damaging because everyone, again, all the media is painted with the uh, same brush. I mean, when those people rioted, those, those, you know, rioters, those thugs that rioted at the state, at the Capitol, the nation's Capitol, which was heartbreaking to see. Uh And they just started attacking the media equipment. They didn't really know who they were attacking. They just, you know, just saw TV cameras and just went off on them. Yes. We we are painted with the same brush. I I don't worry about it so much at CBS because I know how carefully, and I know the rules that we follow. I know that how we check, double check, triple check. But it doesn't matter what you do if you're not believed. And right now, you know, there are a lot of people that doubt the media. I say to people, you have to do your own due diligence. You can't just, you know, and there are extremes on both sides. Yes, of And course. both sides with the extremes are just as egregious to me. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I look for, I, I want somebody to find, I think you need to find a news organization you can trust. You yes. know, you're all entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own set of facts. And mm-hmm. that's the problem here. That's it. Mm-hmm. People are not getting the facts mm-hmm. or they're choosing not to believe the facts. Yes. We had a great, we had a great story on just today uh, about a, a woman. She appeared to be 30 something and there's a big divide in her house with her and her dad. And her dad was very close. And when she heard about the rioting at the Capitol, she thought, Oh my God, I hope my, my, she said, Oh my God, I'll bet my dad is there. And sure enough, he oh, was. God, no. And now, you know, they're not speaking at this particular time. You know, she's someone, she said, I don't know how this happened. You know, he believes a lot of things that just simply aren't true. Mm. So I, I don't know how you navigate that. No, especially with how you navigate that. I'm, I'm much more concerned about it as a nation. In other words. Me too. Me too. I wonder if we'll ever come back to deciding what sources we trust. And yes, we trust you. Whereas I just don't see a road back. I'd like to yeah, believe you. I do. I, I, I do. That's I so do. damaging to our democracy. I do. But when you don't have a steady drumbeat telling mm. you that it's fake news and 
Listen, not for nothing, the last president was very fluid with the truth. Oh my God. You could see it on videotape time after time after time after time. Mm -hmm. And his definition of fake news was anything that was not flattering to him. Mm, absolutely. So that, that's, that was his definition of fake, fake news if it wasn't flattering to him. Mm -hmm. His loyalty, even turning on his own people if they were not loyal to him. Yes, I even, know. even you know, so it, it loyalty seemed to run a one-way street. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you support Joe Biden or don't support Joe Biden, I mean, I, I think everybody thinks that he is a decent person. Oh, absolutely. Everybody thinks that he's an empathetic person. Mm -hmm. And I think the whole nation, regardless of your political point of view, needs that. Yes, very you know, much. I look at the Trump administration, I look at the Obama administration, and whether you cared, whether you liked or disliked Barack Obama, you never questioned his integrity, never. character, or his intelligence. Mm -hmm. never. never. And you can disagree with his position. Yeah. But in, it, it was my experience, nobody really questioned those three characteristics that I think are very important in human beings. Mm -hmm. and, and everybody can see Looking at looking at the last president, it was there on videotape. We didn't. Yes. The media didn't have to make that up. It was yes. there on videotape. Oh, but people turn blind eye. I think. I know. People, I know that. I know that. It's discouraging. You know. Um, how well, is? I refuse to be discouraged, though, Barbara. I refuse to be discouraged. I think you have to just keep doing your job. You have to keep doing it as well as you can. Yeah. Um, and you just have to keep educating people. But how is your news business now? Has it gotten very boring without President Trump? No. Not at all. The news is never boring to me. Uh -huh. There's always something. That's the thing about the news to me. There's uh -huh. always something in the news that people need to know about. Happy uh -huh. news, good news, news that's just kind of eh, flatline. There's always something in the news to talk about. So no, it's not boring to me. Yeah. Okay. One final question. Um, a lot of people don't know you have a degree in psychology. I don't think you can get a better degree doing what you do. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about empathy? I mean, what, I, what I'm getting speaking with you today is every single thing you talk about is not soupy, but totally empathetic. Any subject, any individual we've talked about, totally empathetic. Is that something you think people are born with? Are you share with us the incident when you were a young kid with the father coming to school? I, I don't know. If you, that's a good question. I don't know if you're born with it. I know that there are some people that are just evil. I do believe that. I believe it too. That have no empathy, that are just sociopaths. I do believe that. Is it taught? Can you be born? Are you born with it? I, I, don't, I honestly don't know the question to that. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, that the thing that happened to me in elementary school changed my life forever in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, how I wanted to live my life. And at that time, I didn't even know what the word empathy meant. Mm -hmm. But we could all use it. We, we all, we could all use it. and We all need it. Mm -hmm. So maybe I, I just a theory, like you had that incident. I have a feeling you were empathetic before that simply because unlike the other two kids that responded differently to that dad, you responded with an open heart to your friend. I have no, a feeling that maybe we learn empathy from watching parents. What do you think about that? Well, certainly that makes a difference. You are the role model for your parent, for your kids. Oh. Kids are little sponges. They're yes. looking at every single thing you do, even when you think they're not watching. Can't fool them. They, they are. And I've heard several stories uh, from other people about things that my son and daughter have done for others that they didn't even tell me about. I yes. go, God, I got a call from so-and-so's mom. Wonderful. And she said, 
that when Patrick da 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 and his dog died, that you blah 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 blah. He didn't even mention that to me. He Isn't that the best me. report card? My God! Oh, I think so too. I think so yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like your kids are they're a lot watching. Like <laughs> they're watching. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I again, I you're so rich with rich with so many things. I hope I oh. hit all of them. God, Barbara, that flew by. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I feel uh, I feel so touched by you. Thank you very much, really. No, well, thank you for asking me, Barbara. Are you oh. kidding? Come on, oh. you did me a favor yet again. I got to do something back. I don't know what. <laughs> no, I need nothing. My mortgage is paid. Yep. I don't need any diapers for the baby. <laughs> don't need tires for the car. Yep. I got groceries. I'm good. I'm and you good. got your health, the biggest card of all. Your health. Oh man, knock on wood. I got my health. Yes. yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you for asking me. Love you for it. Thank you so much. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.